Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello and welcome to the AEW Rampage preview. I'm Adam Wilborn from What Culture, joined by one of the Dudley Boys, Michael Sidgwick from What Culture, to look ahead to tonight's episode of AEW Rampage. But before we get into it, if you're a fan of this sort of thing, make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts from, for daily wrestling podcasts. Where we not only review, but also Raw Smackdown, the show formerly known as. NXT to bet. Oh! Pay per views, premium live events. We have interviews, roundtable discussions, and a roundup of the week complete. A bloody good quiz, of course, on wrestle culture. As I said, they're joined by Sidru to, he- to look ahead to tonight. Hey, I just met you. This is crazy, but here's my number. This is rampage, baby. <laughs> and wouldn't you know it, again, they are trying on Friday nights. They are absolutely trying on Friday nights. Uh, not trying so hard. That I'm going to wake up at 6 a.m. on a Saturday to watch it uninterrupted. Um, I'll make time for it at some point. So it's not that good. But, you know, there's some stuff on the show, title matches, a really tasty looking uh, tag team match. And what is meant to be, Adam Wilborn, a very, very violent, as advertised, street fight. Um, so I'm looking forward to Rampage. So two primary, well, three. One, the card looks pretty good. Yeah. Not blow away, not must see, not, oh my God, I can't. I have avoided the spoilers, but not at all costs mm-hmm. avoiding yeah. spoilers. Um, but I know of two non-spoiler things. One, like they're not result spoilers. I saw a picture of Ruby Soho. Uh-oh. And if you don't want any indication of anything, just skip forward about 30 seconds mm-hmm. from now. And she's covered in blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's I saw something um, on Twitter. It was a tweet uh, phrased along the lines of, can we all agree to keep the really cool thing that happened at the end of Rampage um, spoiler-free? Oh. Or something to that effect. I don't know if someone turns up, or if there's some kind of announcement or what, but I think there's something really pretty cool mm. um, in store. I think, like, low-level, obviously not going to be, like, a debut or no. a return, um, but, you know, just a minor, really you see cool... Mercedes Monet did show. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, no, I'm looking forward to it. I think it should be quite good. There was another point I was going to make. And I've completely and utterly forgot about it, but maybe it'll come to me as we uh, delve in. Yeah, exactly. There's a, a hell of a high bar to, to clear after last week's. We loved the, the one-two of Rampage and Bella. The belts. 
It was so good. It was absolutely tremendous. Um, again, I made this point on the uh, Dynamite review, so I won't drag it out too much longer. It was almost more impressive than this week's really, really, really well-received Dynamite, where mm. three of the better matches you'll see on TV all year happened. Um, just because of the use of resource, the idea of, like, how do you make Mike Bennett look so good? Mm. Jay Lethal, Jeff Jarrett, again, working magic when... You didn't want either of them in the promotion had you not actually seen them <laughs> yeah. in the promotion to tell you, you know what, it was actually a good idea to put them in the promotion. Sabian had a great match. Um, yep, yeah, so if they can continue that form, um, hopefully we're in for a decent hour of telly. I'm probably going to either get the name of my follower wrong or butcher it. But I believe it is um, Jose Palamores. Yes, yeah, yeah who I would, like, I would like to shout out. If I've completely got that name or the person wrong, I would apologize, but they were in the building oh. and rated uh, Rampage a 7.8. Promising. Which is it's promising and encouraging as well because I think after how loud they were for everything virtually, mm. but particularly how blow away awesome that uh, Escalera de la Muerte match was, you'd worry that everyone just can't be arsed with Rampage. Yeah, I always forget to factor that in. But apparently that's not the case. Good, that's fantastic news, and I don't want to dwell on this, because you know our opinions on ratings chat, but very promising signs from what's come out. I mean, obviously they didn't hit a million, but it's trending in the right direction, it's, and the, you know, we always used to say when it comes to the ratings war between NXT and AEW, it's always about the next week's rating, because that should reflect the show that's just happened, yes. and You've been given plenty of reasons to stick around following uh, this week's Again, Dynamite. I'm not fussed about the million. I'm fussed about the demo because yeah. the demo number was very, very... It's a more important one, um, and it was scary. 0.26, I think it was, last week. That was a low to which they've not plummeted in a long, long time. And it was particularly concerning as well, considering how it's not just the last two weeks or three weeks that have been good. It's been pretty much a nice two months mm. or a month and a half at least of incredibly well-received shows and the fact that that hadn't yet been reflected was becoming uh, becoming a concern because what else can you do? You've got these white-hot crowds, that drab atmosphere of AEW for a while was looking distinctly B-level in mm -hmm. terms of the atmosphere and how small the arenas looked. That problem has been resolved of late with the white-hot crowds, that Texas loop. Um, you've signed every star now. You've got Danielson, you've got MGF, you've got the Elite back. Um... What more can you do? You've got the new set that made no difference last week. It's like, <laughs> yes. what are we doing here? Um, my half concern is that people just don't give Sasha Banks slash Mercedes... Uh, uh, Mercedes... Uh, Mercedes... Uh, Money. Money. <laughs> Enough credit as being a draw. No. Late 2020, Thunderdome. And bear in mind, this is after um, they were recording record lows on Raw because the performance center, no fan stuff, Ugh. was so wretched, so bleak. Um, they were posting record lows. And then they moved to the Thunderdome, which in and of itself helped. And then the match between, I think it was a climactic one, that three, two or three, anyway, it was a match between Bailey and Sasha, and they got 2.5 million and like 0.65, I think, yeah. or there or thereabouts in the demo, and it was for that match, and it was incredible business, particularly where they'd been, how they got the audience back. People just don't give her enough credit as a draw. My worry is that there was so much chatter about whether or not she might appear that she has spiked that rating, and in fact, she has spiked that uh, 
incredibly rare. Did you hear about the last day of ticket sales? Yes. Yeah, if, the, if, if you don't know, um, AEW is a pattern, tends to announce when the next Dynamite in the next market is. That market buys tickets uh, immediately, and basically everyone who wants to buy a ticket for that Dynamite does it within the on-sale day or the on-sale week, and mm. then they never or very, very rarely get a big surge in late sales. It's just not how it happens, apart from it happened on um, Wednesday. Now, is that because the belated acknowledgement of, oh, you know what, AEW is back, mm-hmm. let's go along, let's watch it in greater number, or has Mercedes... Uh, Money. Like, drove, as a draw, all of these ticket sales. Mm-hmm. As you point out, Wilborn, we'll find out next week. Um, let's talk about the street fight then, because I'm really excited to watch this, not just for the reasons we mentioned earlier, but also they've got a bit of history, haven't they, TJ, in these uh, in these sorts of brawls. And Ruby's, we know what Ruby Soho is like. I'm intrigued to see what Willow Nightingale's like in a situation like this as well. Yeah, I've never seen her in a match like this. So I'm not saying she hasn't worked one. I'm just ignorant of it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, TJ, that New Year's smash, I think it was um, 2021. Yeah. Yeah, street fight was... What an over-delivery, how committed, how well-worked. Like, doing the splits on <laughs> drawing pins, safety pins, thumbtacks. Jesus Christ, <laughs> they they worked their absolute asses off to make that a success. And it wasn't just, that's oh, pretty good, but the violence is really committed. Um, so I will respect them for it. I thought it was a really well-worked match. And just the intensity and the baby face fire, like it just felt so well worked as opposed to laid out. And you know what? They took some hard bumps. Let's pat them on the heads. No, I thought they brought the intensity and the tone. So I'm hoping for more of that tonight. I expect we'll see. I think people are raving about it. It does look, again, stop listening for 10 seconds. The blood-soaked Ruby Soho visual will surely get that crowd going. Mm. Um, I Ruby's a great baby face. I just, I've got really high hopes for this. As soon as it was announced, I thought this is going to be something good. I think that the baby faces should win. Yes. And that way you can um, parlay that into Ruby Soho getting a title match against um, Jamie Hayter. Mm -hmm. That's a nice way of building her ahead of that. Uh, Willow Nightingale and Jamie Hayter had a really um, overlooked little ripper on Rampage not too long ago. I think it was before Jamie Hayter got the title. Run that back. It was class. And Jamie Hayter is all the more over, all the more credible. I think it's an enduring love now that people have for Nightingale. So you're potentially getting a really cool match tonight that could build two more title matches. I don't want to get on a soapbox and rant about everything that I see on the internet. But one of the takes that really annoys me is when people say, women shouldn't be doing any weapon stuff. It's pathetic. It cheapens it for the men. Does it? I've, like you say, whatever happens tonight, I'm not saying anymore. But I watched that, the New Year's Smash war that they went to. And to, if we were all, people are always saying, oh, what about other sports? Draw comparisons between other sports. Well, you know my uh, adoration for MMA. And I've watched men and women alike get absolutely sparked out. And I don't suddenly think, well, it's not the same now. Now it's like, yeah, it's just, it's, just a, it's such a what, bad faith argument, you always it's say. It's worse than bad faith. It's borderline mi- uh, misogynistic. Yeah. 
Uh, I can't wait for this. I can't wait for this. I think it's going to be absolutely fantastic. Um, WWE is irresponsibly awful as an (laughs) organisation. When they buried it, and I think it was like a Toronto newspaper, the uh, the first TJ Street fight, and that was when the uh, the phrase, the gory practice of self mutilation, was introduced in the wrestling yeah. vernacular. Um, how many times have you seen blood on dynamite before that match? Absolutely ridiculous. Like the idea that WWE is looking out for women's interests, given everything we know about Vince McMahon, mm. who was in charge at the time of that quote, probably provided it personally. That's conjecture on my part. Yeah. It sounds like one of his. Phrases. This is the man who also came up with blood and guts, and that is on record. Uh, yeah, it's ridiculous. And again, there's a racist undercurrent to the um, critique of Athena's work. Mm, yeah, it's always the case of, oh my god, how reckless was Sid with those power bombs? It's awesome. Oh my god, Hawk doesn't care if when he completes his part of the Doomsday Device, he's stupid, fat pasty loser jobbers get dropped on their head isn't that cool now that we know they're okay and it's years and years later yes yes athena does it (sighs) you're not sure she should be hitting people that hard it's it's honestly pathetic absolutely pathetic um i hope this is incredibly gnarly i hope this is incredibly violent i hope this makes people feel uneasy (laughs) because that's what a street fight should do and i think again i don't think it's going to be a regular plunder brawl i think they'll bring the emotion and the tone to it as well they did last time yeah ruby soho was a very very emotional performer and willow nightingale has got this incredible bond with the audience this could be something special yeah um not to be too presumptive about the title match but It's not very often we see TNT titles change hands on Rampage rather than Dynamite or Bills, for example. Um, But particularly the the lack of build for a Juice Robinson, as much as we are fans of his work, leans me towards a Darby Allen retention. Yeah, he's he's done it. I don't even need to read the spoilers. It's the absence of spoilers that does title matches on Rampage in. Um, again, they're not really going to change hands at the best of times, even on a live dynamite, but it's a, a, a bit more pronounced on Rampage because, again, the absence of spoilers, and it's a second defense, and it's Juice Robinson. And look, it's going to be a nice three-and-a-half-star match that ultimately exists to provide you with 12 or so minutes of entertainment. Quietly very built Derby. It's not the most spectacular or fascinating of booking, but it's very necessary. Mm. And he's always very good at balancing these things, like... He never gets enough credit, Tony Khan, for just what a fantastic booker he is. I try, I get called a mark, but I will continue (laughs) to do it because I do think he's very, very, very good at what Mm -hmm. he does. Like, taking Dynamite as an example, and I'll go back on a rampage momentarily. Like, he's so good at... You ordinarily, and particularly in recent times as well, God knows there's been stretches of dynamite where it feels like nothing significant is happening and every match is predictable, but I don't think we've had that for quite some time. Um... Look at Dynamite. You've got the resolution of the best of seven series. And it's been in the works, obviously, for seven matches by that point. So you get a nice resolution, a definitive end to a story. Proof positive to his audience that, um, look, if you invest in something here, you will get clean, decisive finishes. And new champions will become really legitimized. And you get endings here. Mm. It's not just some carny exercise and cliffhanger. Double DQs, non-finishes, by the pay-per-view. You don't get that. It's too corny. So I like the balance of, on that particular show, as an example, of you get a conclusion to a really long story, but also 
with Hangman Page and John Moxley, you get an angle that tells you, keep watching next week. I mean, no, nothing ever feels like too final. No. There's always something weighty that's being concluded, whether it's Darby Allen against Samoa Joe or the Elite winning the titles. And then when you do that, you get the launch or the relaunch, sorry, of an Adam Cole and you get what's revealed to be another awesome chapter in an awesome story that hasn't yet finished. And, you know, I will take Darby Allen having 12 minutes if it's just going to very gently, gradually rebuild him as a proper champion in the background because you get a blow-off mm-hmm. in the main event. Um, so I don't mind how predictable this is because there's more unpredictable, climactic, yeah. important, high-stakes fare on the show. Well, you mentioned the elite there. I'll just talk about the prospective quality of the match. I'm worried about it. Oh, really? TNT title match. I think that it will... If it's not as good as a Bennett match and looking at... Juice Robinson's recent output, you'd struggle to get there. That's an indictment of the Juice Robinson character and indeed potentially an indictment of Tony Khan's just impulsive need to sign so many names, uh, which remains a problem. Like Juice Robinson, like if you think of the year John Moxley had last year, it was virtually all of it was incredible. And I can name three matches where I thought, oh, they underdelivered. One of them was the Penta match. Mm-hmm. One of them was the Brody King. That was the biggest disappointment because I had the highest hopes. I thought them two in a match that was just weirdly mid. And the Juice Robinson match is one of them. And the difference is I've seen Penta just do best of seven. He's had an absolutely awesome year. And Brody King had an awesome year. They felt those matches against Mox felt like aberrations for Mox, Brody King, and um, Penta. With Juice, it just felt consistent with the Mm. fact that he's just not where he was in 2018 at all, and if he has a match that somehow contrives to be less exciting than a match, no offense intended, but Mike Bennett, then yeah, it could doom Juice Robinson. He's already a little bit, I think his shtick has been exposed as dated tribute fare that's fun for a while, but it's very, very, very superficial, and there's not much behind it. And my worry is that that reality is coming true for him, but we'll see. I'm going to keep an open mind. Yeah. Quite like Juice. I think he's yeah. hard working. Um, feels a bit deli alley. <laughs> yeah. It's a you good know, when comparison. someone just stops caring yeah. and it just, you can't help that. Um, it just feels like he's just done. But again, he was in this New Japan awful headspace that so many New Japan um, guys were in during the pandemic and maybe he's still shaking the funk out of that. Hard to be motivated working in those conditions in that company between. What, 2020 and now? Yeah. You can maybe get the mojo back. Hopefully. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Before we go any further, though, this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Now, we all carry around different stresses. They can be big life worries or just, you know, little things like your favorite wrestler not being used properly. The thing is, when we keep them bottled up, it really can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever is weighing you down. It is really helpful, too, for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. Therapy basically empowers you to be the best version of yourself. So why not give better help? a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and best of all, suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash whatculture today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash whatculture. Switching gears now, uh... You talked about the elite there, just re- regain their trios championships. Ah, and then right around the corner, the House of Black <laughs> are waiting. Uh, tonight, Malachi Black and Brody King take on a team. The question is, Sige, can Eddie Kingston and Ortiz coexist? I knew you were going to ask that. Yeah, I don't know what's going on here. In truth, I'm not interested in it at all. Um, I. It's one of those where... Everyone's still kind of... A lot of people still want Eddie Kingston to throw an MJF. Looking at what he's doing now and how little he's on the show and how much of an afterthought he seems to be to where he was, that just feels like pipe dream stuff mm. at this point. Um, it, do you think it's partially a punishment for the whole Sammy stuff or is it just a timings thing? I don't know. I really don't know. I'm trying to think of... Um, because I know Tony Khan's... He places a lot of faith in his audience to infer things and to wait things out and to be patient and really um, ahead of really long builds, whether the storylines are being built or the characters are quietly being built. He will happily have um, top stars lose clean and all of these things. Um, Hangman Page lost cleanly to Kenny Omega in the middle of the ring and everyone thought, oh, well, he's not going to be the champion. It turns out he's going on paternity leave. You'll happily have people lose so that the triumph feels more hard-earned and yeah, elusive, yeah. and you have to get behind him a bit. This doesn't feel like what he's doing with Kingston. No. It feels like this weird demotion of sorts. And again, I don't know if it's stemming from that um, or his attitude or if he just thinks that, well, he's a bit impulsive. If he's capable of that and he gets in his own head and I cannot rely on him to be the absolute professional. Should I be putting him in these pay-per-view singles matches? Should I, like, anarchy in the arena, revolution, blood and guts. Like, he was front and center of programming, and it doesn't feel like he's just simmering away with the idea being, I can play with all of these other stars because I know I've got him, and I've got a big plan for him in eight months. I I don't need him at the top for the seven months before that eight. I can just do what I want with him now. It doesn't feel like he's doing that. It feels like everyone who wants Eddie Kingston to do something a bit more substantial is almost bargaining at this point. So I'm all a bit worried. I'm very worried. Um, The House of Black are going to win this. The Kings of the Black Throne to give them the real tag team name. And uh, I think the match will be really entertaining. Particularly Eddie Kingston firing up against Brody King. Like, uh, if they can work in the will, but if they can work it so that King just monsters him and Eddie Kingston fires up, then... 
that would be a really cool element of this match. And hopefully we'll see it, but my concern is it's going to be can they coexist mm. off in a slow dissension between Kingston and Ortiz? I can't work out how they're trying to recruit either. You, I thought initially... It's just too confusing it for was going to be Ortiz. My favourite, my favourite was when they did that, whenever they did that run-in, and uh, Malachi Black was like, hey, don't touch that guy. And they like went, oh, okay, we won't hit our big finish on Ortiz. <laughs> and he immediately kicked Ortiz's head off about two seconds after that. Yeah. And then he's talking about the old Eddie Kingston. So you think, oh, maybe they're going for him. I, I have the feeling, and I haven't seen any spoilers, obviously, I wouldn't be surprised if it's all a big swerve and Ortiz has actually been uh, poisoned. <laughs> Did this, I don't know, yeah. recruited. Do we have to have the mist in the face to do that? Oh, good point, yeah. I I just don't like this at all. I don't not like it at all. It's, I don't uh, mind. it's it's another win for House of Black on the road to House yeah, of Black versus yeah. Elite, which is where we're hoping it's going. Yeah, it's just odd that Kingston's collateral in this. I don't like where he is right now. I think he should be doing more. Maybe that's me being impatient. Like Tony no, Khan, I agree. Got, yeah, like that's the thing. Like Tony Khan's got this habit of even his most ardent fans will lose faith. I'll get bored. It's fifty-two fucking weeks a year. <laughs> Only for a month later to go, oh, it does have plans. Yeah. This is great. We just saw it with Ricky Starks. Like We've just seen it. I didn't necessarily like what he did. In fact, I hated it, what he did on Dynamite. But again, that lack of faith, that chronic lack of trust conditioned by the market leader, WWE, yes. still has this effect. It was not, what, a month ago um, after the loss to Winter is Coming where you thought, right, oh, that's it for Starks for six weeks. Have ye of little faith sort yeah. of things. But it does feel less like that's happening with Kingston right now. Um, but yeah, in a match with Eddie Kingston and Brody King, I'd be devastated if their first time meeting in AEW, I believe, isn't centered around the fact that one of them's harder, the other one doesn't know that he isn't as hard and doesn't care, his spirit's harder than his body sort mm. of thing. And instead, I think we're going to get some really uh, whack, lame acting where, as he said, can Santana, uh, Ortiz and Eddie Kingston coexist? Mm. Ugh. And it seems, seems weird as well that they're even doing this recruitment gimmick because it's like, you've got a three, unless something's gone no on with... no titles. Buddy Matthews, yeah, unless... Or, you know, and I, I don't know. When was the last time he was on telly? Yeah, aside from appearing in a spotlight, I couldn't answer that question. But it feels like a long time ago. Yeah. So unless that's the reason and they're trying to... Because like our relationship's never been harmonious from the start, has it? Wasn't Buddy Matthews, like, quietly suspended at one point? Mm. Maybe he's waiting for Papa H. <laughs> Good luck with that asshole. He's on the way out. Um, but yeah, obviously a win for, for Malachi Black and his gang here. Yeah. Um, two very surreal final bullet points to talk about here. If promised, we'll hear from Golden Globe winner Paul Walter Hauser, who obviously was doing stuff with Dan Hausen, Hauser Hausen, and uh, best friends, Orange Cassidy. So I don't know whether this you think this is going to loop into uh, all Atlantic stuff. <sighs> Or Golden Globes, like is that it Golden be Globe is going to get broken or yeah. stolen or something. Um, and look, I think that they'll probably do some kind of segment where it's Housen, Hauser, <laughs> best friends in the ring. A heel comes out, breaks it. Cassidy vows revenge, and a match is made for Dynamite or Rampage next week on behalf of Hauser. I'm trying to think of who has Cassidy not worked as part of this All-Atlantic. Has he, he's wrestled Tony Nese already for the title, hasn't he? Yeah. He certainly wrestled him on a Rampage, in a Rampage main event. I don't know if he was the champion or not. Either way, it's a bit uh, early to go back to that one. Maybe Jarrett and Lethal's crew and Orange Ooh. Cassidy versus Jay Lethal. But then again, the best friends have interacted with them before. 
4. So I don't know if it's a redo, a retread, or LTST. Some prelim slash mid-card heel is going to come out, break the Golden Globe. Casty's going to get annoyed, or as annoyed as he can get, and it just it's pretext for a match. I don't know what the match is. I don't necessarily care what the match is either at this point. Yeah, it's one of those, like you say, we, we avoid spoilers before we come in here, but some if it's something major, then we just hear about it through our yeah. jobs, obviously. Like Cody won the TNT title on a... Did he win it on a rampage? I feel like, yeah, when they were trying to really push it, obviously. Yeah, it was a taped rampage on Christmas Day rampage, I think. I saw yes. the spoiler. Um, so that's the sort of massive thing that you can't escape. Yeah, I was going to say, so I... As much as I'd like it to be, because I'd just love to see him back in a ring, I don't think it's going to be Miro, for example, although I could see Miro breaking a golden globe over his knee. Yeah. It would be awesome, but I have the feeling I'd have heard about that, yeah, probably, yeah. if that had have happened, no matter how much people said, keep it on the down low. But who knows? Well, there is a spoiler for the end of Rampage. Yeah. But I don't think, how's their main event as happening either? <laughs> yes. Um, is there any chance, uh, uh, this is not me willing this, by the way, this is just me asking questions, because I remember asking it last week when we were talking about uh, the two shows. They try one more with Kip Sabian, with Kip saying like, well, you should have been DQ because you put your hands on the ref. Well, that's a concern. They had felt like they'd given themselves an out. Because mm. I just thought that was a weird spot to include, to then just go, right, and then just go straight to the finish. It's one of those as well where you feel almost cynical or outright cruel saying that. Kip Sabian just worked the match of his AEW career. It was yep. a total over-delivery. They worked so hard to get that story over. But, come on, they can't do that. They can't improve upon that, surely. Maybe that's me being too cynical because he gave me all evidence to the contrary last week. It was really, really... When we talk about over-deliveries, it was like, that was so much better than I was expecting. Yes. And fair play for doing it. That's what an over-delivery is. You don't go, Jesus, I need more of that. You go, I can't believe what I got, and I'm kind of happy that see the back exactly. off was as good as it was. So I don't, I don't need to see anything else uh, with Kip Sabian. Uh, and also, the acclaimed are getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, which was so weirdly built mm. on Dynamite. You and I and, and Hamlet were so thrown by this. It feels so straightforward, this, and yet they've already complicated it a little bit too much. I, the idea is, given the events in the wrestling news media this week, just give any old pretext. I would take a Max Caster singles match. Yes. That's unfair. He's actually really improved. Um, I would take an acclaimed squash over two dork heels, like Chaos Project, for God's sake, <laughs> just as the thinnest excuse possible to give Max Caster a microphone and a rap. I don't know what this Hall of... Star of... What is it? Walk of Hollywood Walk of Fame. Hollywood Walk of Fame. Um, are they going on location? Are they going to gimmick one? What's the angle here? Wilbur, I don't know what to say. Do you know what they could do? This has just uh, popped into my head. When you think of a stop... Well, actually, no, I'm thinking of... Oh, bollocks. Do they do handprints in walks of, in stars? Like... Uh, so they do the scissor. <laughs> How would you put that down in It'd concrete? just look like a peace sign a little bit, really, wouldn't it? Or you yeah. Or if you put the fingers together and then put it down, that just looks like a splodge. <laughs> It'd have to be like a 3D mold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, in my head, it was either that or they go, right, you're here. We're going to have you put your hands in the cement now. They put their hands in the cement and their <laughs> hands get stuck. Two heels come down and kick the crap out of Billy Gunn because they're like, we can't get our hands out of the cement. I don't think either of those things are going to happen. After Wednesday, 
All bets are off. Yeah, Roseanne Barr could show up, or uh... Jesus Christ, <laughs> I I just uh, what were they thinking there? I've no idea. It's Caster uh, the Magachud. Bowen's. I said this on, but was that what they were trying to get I across? Think like so. You know what? Everyone can just love the acclaim, doesn't matter your you know ethnicity, your sexual orientation, your political leaning. It doesn't matter. Look at us. I'm a fucking Magachud who goes on 4chan. And he's a really, like, liberal progressive guy. We get along. Why can't you? Is that what they're telling me? <laughs> it was the, it was the like, Trump, Roseanne Barr. And then they were like, Depp. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I'm the sort of guy who thinks Johnny Depp did nothing wrong. What, what, what's happening? What's going on here, guys? Just leave it. Because, honestly, I, obviously, I'm a, I'm a, I lean left politically. Yes. Okay. If you lean right politically, I would not agree with you. But as long as you're not incredibly hateful, still give him a scissor. As, as long if they're like, uh, there's just so many arseholes on that side. I'm sorry, there just is. Uh, stay away from it. Yeah, stay away from any of just that. Say you're getting up, starting Hollywood Walk of Fame, and say, I mean, they give it, give them out to anyone these days. Vince McMahon, we're going to do, we're going to do a rough about Vince McMahon on if Friday. That's get, all it is. If you want to name drop a celebrity for whatever reason. Just pick a knacker. There's knackers on both sides, realistically. Is it with? There is are it, some people who represent my yeah. political leanings in the media with their voice, and I think they are just some of the worst people ever. Is it the Walk of Fame? I always get confused with this, where actually you think like, oh, that's so cool that my favourite actor or actress has got this star on the Walk of Fame, and you actually look into it, and you go, oh, they just had to buy it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So is that it, like, that they go, oh, we've got a Hollywood Walk of Fame star, and Daddy Ass is like, you bought it, I watched it. Like, just do anything like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Basically say, Max Caster's going to talk about Vince McMahon on Friday. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I don't like anything else. But if it also feels like something like this is a, a stepping stone to their next feud. But I don't know who that's going to be against, because how do you follow Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal? Uh, Butcher and the Blade. Oh, Oh, you've mixed it. We've been putting over their YouTube promos. They're so over in the What Culture Wrestling office. They are so over. Hey, tag teams. Listen up, Slick. Listen up, Slick. You got it wrong, Jack. Uh, yeah. Feud, that could be your next TV level uh, feud before whatever they do at Revolution, which sounds like it isn't going to be FTR if that time frame... Mm. Dax is a truthful and honest man. <laughs> uh, we'll see about that. Uh, who could they face? I love Bushing the Blade because they're, they're lean. Not some, that's not revolution. They're mean. And they're smoking, smoking all, all their green. green. <laughs> Slick. Seriously, though, this is an aside. What's a revolution match? If it's not FTR, because they say they want... They're looking at April, they've said, to really finalize their decision and take some time off. Revolution's in, what, very early, early March. March, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. At the 6th, I think. Yeah, that's a. It, it's not likely to be the books. Can you take the gun club all the way? I hope not. Swerve and his new, what's his new stable called? He's got Keith Lee on the horizon. Mm. I, don't want, I don't want Parker Boudreaux in a pay-per-view world tag <laughs> team Sorry, title match. With the, with the level that those world tag team titles are at now, you have to be careful with this. It doesn't matter how much they acclaim they're over. L like L.I.J.? Preston and Rouge. <laughs> I can't call it, mate. I I know you top said it's, flight it's and it's an old baby face. It is for me. I'd pay money to watch Butcher and Blade. 
I would, but realistically, they're just over in the one culture office. Yeah, I don't think I think people like them, but not pay fifty dollars for a massive match of theirs like them. Yeah, that's an interesting one. I just thought it was going to be FTR. But yeah, if we get Butcher and the Blade tonight, I'll be, I'll be ecstatic. Uh, Mox BCC stuff. It'd be it's a really good dynamic as well. Butcher and Blade yelling these sort of eighties esque promos, and then you've got these. I love them, but smart Alex firing back with raps and music videos. And like they could you. just like call them the Ascension and stuff and raps. Like the stuff <laughs> yeah. they could do here. Yeah, I'm into it now. Huh. I still don't really understand this whole Walk of Fame name checking thing on Dynamite, but maybe it'll get resolved tonight. Let it play out. Yes, that's what we've learned. Uh, well, let, see enough chuds on Twitter. You know? well, let us know your thoughts on Twitter. Uh, uh, I hate. I hate people from my side of the political uh, spectrum yeah. as well. Jesus Christ, stop whining about everything. At what culture? Not everything's a massive deal. <laughs> at what culture? WWE. Watch there. You can follow both of us. You can follow Michael Sidgwick at M Sidgwick. Follow me at Adam Wilborn. Follow us all at What Culture WWE. Make sure you subscribe to What Culture Wrestling wherever you get your podcasts from. Uh, for daily wrestling podcasts, myself and Hamlet previewing SmackDown is available right now, and uh, we'll be back later with a hashtag Bloody Good Quiz on Wrestle Culture as well. And then me and Sid will be back on Monday to review AEW Rampage. Uh, but but for now, this has been the Rampage Preview. My thanks to Michael Sidgwick. Thank you for joining us, and we will see you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.